<laughs> it, uh, if you're at a four in real life, when you're on a podcast, you're going to be at like a six. Because everyone knows it's entertainment. You know it's live mics, and you know you want to try to keep a level of energy up. Yeah, it's like the observer. It's like, as soon as you are being noticed that you're talking, now you try to, like, adjust what you're saying based on, oh, people are listening to me now? Right. Now I gotta be important instead of, oh, this was never gonna, like, be recorded, or this was never gonna be just between more than just you and me, so I don't care. Like, I feel like there is a difference. Like, as soon as the mics come on, suddenly you're, I don't know, you're you're just... You're just different. Right. Well, it's, 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 uh, I think it's a little bit of a, like, Dale Gribble paranoia, too. It's like, oh shit, this is on the record. The government could use this against me. I better not say <laughs> anything too stupid. I was going to say, are you now worried that the CIA is going to just eventually be at your doorstep one day? Man, if the CIA has been surveilling me this long, they've got enough on me to fucking ruin me. All right. Hmm. It's like, if you ever find that I've lost everything in my life and that I'm, uh, I'm begging for change in a gutter somewhere. I'm not saying it was the CIA, but it very well could have been. Like, any, if you know my whole open book history, like, you, it, it would be so horribly embarrassing I would have to live in a cave. Right. <laughs> so it's, I feel like I like it. It's, uh, we were talking about Joe Rogan earlier. Yeah. And one of the themes he had on his show when I was listening was he was waiting for the technological singularity where everybody's internet histories were just utterly laying open. And yeah. you're worried about, you know, that uh, that weird Japanese porn comic that you whacked off to. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, people are trying to hide giant dildos out of their Amazon history. <laughs> and it's just kind of like we all look at each other like, God, we are all so fucked up. If you're just whacking off to crazy stuff, I now think that that's kind of tame now. Like, I don't need to worry about you. If I was the CIA, I would not care about anybody's porn history because it's just porn. Oh, you're just jerking off to like some girl getting railed by a horse. That's fine. You're not murdering people or you're not trying to plot an ISIS attack. Who cares? That's a that's a George Carlin thing. He said, <laughs> uh, show me a guy that's sitting in a sitting in a one bedroom apartment fingering his prick and I'll show you a guy who's not causing any fucking problems. That's what I'm saying. It's exactly. Like, you can be gross. Being gross isn't against the law. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. Now you got me thinking. Now I want like now I want the porno histories released for <laughs> political candidates the same way like they should release tax returns and shit. Exactly. I want to see your porno history. And of course there is one. I mean, and show me a politician that doesn't have a porn history and that guy is fucking crooked as fuck. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, Paul Ryan would just be like, Oh, uh, you know, I don't, I don't do that. I don't have what, what's porn. Some of these fuckers are so old though. They probably have magazines and like VHS and things. They're still on the, uh, analog system right oh did you hear that dude uh there was a dude in japan that got crushed by his porn collection yeah on your podcast yeah, yeah you're talking talked about, about it. that yeah. good word yep, yep. we're talking about like oh, holy shit who still has physical medium and for he, it was porn? a ton of porn right it like was, literally a ton of porn yeah i don't remember the exact number but it was literally it was enough porn to kill him and like suffocate him which is i mean i guess he died doing what he loved you hope so. I mean, <laughs> That's hope- all I want on my tombstone is he died doing what he loved. You know, if I died on stage or if I like, you know, had some titties suffocate me, at least I can have on my tombstone. He died doing what he loved. I think that's the goal for everyone in life, right. to be able to die doing what you love. Yeah. If you're a comic, you want to die on the road. If you're a singer, you want to die on stage. You know? Yes. Yes. You want, you, that's what you want. That's yeah. the end goal. So like when I hear those. You Japanese porno man. <laughs> You're a hero. You You're a true dr- hero. You lived the dream. His name was probably Hero. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> uh, That's only vaguely racist. Just just right. turn it into a Snow Crash reference. <laughs> like, no, no, no. Hero protagonist. The black guy. Okay? It's mm-hmm. not racist. Speaking of uh, racism, I'm going to get into it really quick. Uh, is it crazy how, like, people are so – you guys talk about it on Good Word a lot where there's social justice warriors and – 
I just want to know, like, is that going to be a thing now for the rest of our lives where the people that are getting offended over certain things, it's not that they're getting offended themselves. It's that they're thinking if there's a person out there in the world that might have gotten offended by this, now I need to fight for that cause. I think there's I think there's varying levels of it. I think a lot of this, a lot of the debate on uh, protesting and everything is straw men. Yes. Like it's people. Yes. You, you put up this image of the other person and you know you're a lot of times people get into pro protesting this this effigy of of their of this idea that they've created of this person in their heads what when protests actually happen and they're actually in response to something that's where the power is when mm-hmm. you say okay we are protesting x we are out here marching today displaying that there are many people that do not agree with x right okay excellent you got your message you went out there you did it it's people that are I forget who it was. Someone it was probably Kate Gary. Uh, Kate right. Gary posted something about girls taking selfies in their pussy hats at the March for Women. Awesome! And it's like, oh, you've so missed the point. <laughs> this isn't supposed to be a social event. Like, it's never right. supposed to be. Marching for justice was never supposed to be social. But we live in a social media world, and it's the best fucking way to organize many yeah. like-minded people. So it's, it ends up becoming social justice. I might be naive, but I want to know how many people were doing it for the reason. Versus I just want to show people that I'm on the same cause or that I'm on the right side. I don't think it's I don't think that's really a difference. I think as long as you're out there to support, you're out there putting your body out there to be physically counted amongst those that disagree with the principle. So even if you're taking 500 selfies of you at the Women's March, as long as you're at the Women's March, you're cool. Your heart's in the right place. Right. Like you this is a cause you recognize that this is a cause you want to support. You just you you, I don't feel like you understand the being there enough or is it like. I feel like being there is the gateway to understanding why you're there. Hmm. If you don't show up, you can't find out. Like you can educate yourself online. You can educate yourself to the cause. Right. You can read the causes and right. the core causes and you can agree with, you can read all the different people that write it. That's part of the bad thing is anybody can add to the list of causes, like why they're, why they're showing up. But who's a bigger hero? The person that anonymously gives like a thousand dollars to the NAACP or the person that shows up to the women's March and takes a hundred selfies. Oh, Ooh, dang. Like, who's making a bigger difference? This is such a fucking cop-out answer. I want you mm. to know that before mm. I say it. But I feel like the whole this isn't a competition thing right. falls They're into... They're both heroes. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I was say, like, you can have your heart in the right place. Yeah. But yeah. your actions can get so fucking out of it. Because if your heart is going, that means your emotions are going. Right. And eventually you're going to get over-emotional and have to cool down a little bit. And that's what everyone fucking picks up on is the over-emotional moments and starts using that to build their straw men so that when they get over-emotional, they've got something to knock down. Like, I, I keep hate saying they. I should be saying we. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm part of this. In I'm not above this The shit. royal we. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I even. I feel like I might be cynical. I might just be a little buzzed or whatever. But I'm thinking like I saw more people that were hoping that their witty sign got posted and went viral than if women got equality. <laughs> Yeah, I can't hate witty signs. I love looking at them. I love witty signs, I love, too. I know and that's not the this point. This is the age of, if you're in a protest, a sign is now the new meme. You know, that's a live meme. That's right. a real live meme. I guess there's something to be said for, like, it bringing attention to the cause. Like, you mm-hmm. see one of those signs, and you're like, aha! Oh, wait a minute. These are actually kind of smart people. Like, for every, like, you know, women deserve equal rights, there's w- another sign that says, like, bring back lost. You know? Like... See now, I don't. I don't know if I agree with that part. I, I right, appreciate. Fuck lost. 
Actually, yeah, fuck Lost. That's yeah. exactly what I was fuck trying to say. Fuck that show. Fuck your lack of an ending. You wrote yourself into so many corners and mm-hmm, then cop the fuck mm-hmm. out by going, it was about death and it's mysterious. No, fuck you. <laughs> I want to protest the guy with the Bring Back Lost sign at any protest. Yep, yep. That's what yeah. Or dicks out for Harambe. And you're like, dude, what protest are you at? Hello, guys, and welcome to This Comics Life. This is me, your host, D. Williams, a.k.a. Daryl Williams, a.k.a. Dumbass, a.k.a. Dude That's Hanging Out with a Guy Named Dune. That's right. Uh, yeah. That's correct. <laughs> they call me dumbass sometimes, too. Yeah. <laughs> Fellow stand-up comedian extraordinaire and roast battle winner. <laughs> extraordinaire, kind of like, ooh, you're overselling. <laughs> <laughs> He's an extraordinary open micer. That's, okay, I will take that. It still seems like overselling, but I'll accept okay. it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> My good friend and guest this week is Dune Sanders. Hello. Or should I say Brandon Dune Sanders? You know, it's, I, it's, I'm Brandon Dune Sanders on Facebook, but mm. the way I see it, if Carlos Mencia can go about his life as Ned Holness, yes. or the other way around, if Ned Holness can go about his life as Carlos Mencia, me using a nickname and my real last name is not the worst, yeah. is not the end of the world. I'm not even that attached to it. Like, and I do, I'll admit, I like the ring of Dune better than Brandon. I had someone, I believe it was Tim Lee, tell me once upon a time that, Fucking, I can never drop Dune mm. because me going out there as Brandon would be the funniest thing I ever did. <laughs> and like none of my jokes would hit. And I, <laughs> do you feel like, yeah, you do have a different persona as Dune versus Brandon? Not really. Like it's just as many people, just as many people know me as Brandon, know mm. me as Dune. Mm. I feel it's like it's not even a 50 50 split. It's 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 just it's just clouds of people. Right. I answer to both. You right. know, the whole the whole point of it in the beginning was uh, my job kind of kept close tabs on social media. Yes. So I didn't want to be talking about I didn't want to be doing jokes about like, you know, dick cheese <laughs> to this to this super uh, Christian conservative run company that advertised on the fish. That makes sense. So I went I went under as just Dune. And then wow, like a like a wrestler, like Cher or Bono <laughs> yeah. or some shit. Just Dune, guys. That was well, Dune was my drinking nickname. Mm-hmm. So it was a nickname for my drinking buddies that just stuck and stuck hard. And how did they come up with it? They were drunk, and <laughs> I uh, I got laid off from uh, one of my last jobs, and I got right. my severance check. Right. So uh, I came home with a, a handle of Seagram's gin mm-hmm. because it was on sale, and I wanted to get drunk for cheap. Right. And I'm like, well, what can we mix with gin? And like, I don't really, I didn't really care for tonic at that point in my life, or mm-hmm. club soda or anything. So I got uh, I got orange juice, and we were gonna have. Gin and juice. Nice. Just just because we drank everything. Of course. So that was just the cocktail du jour. For the night. Right, exactly. And I showed up and uh, I was Dune! Brandune! <laughs> and that kind of just they're just like, Am I Dune now? And they're like, Yeah, you're Brandune. And then <laughs> Were just, you hanging out with Bob Dylan? <laughs> you can well hanging out with a guy that looked like a strawberry blonde <laughs> he really doesn't but uh hey brandon i'm gonna call you do now he was just really drunk they started <laughs> drinking before i got there uh nice, so I, we as drinking, you will i drank their beer they drank my gin we all chipped in we went out and got more beer and just woke up hating life the next day but i didn't have to go to work so fuck it yeah that sounds right yeah those are the same guys we used to do jaeger tuesdays <laughs> it's exactly what you think it is it's a at least one handle not a fifth a handle of jaeger it sounds a lot like what I used to do back in the day, which was called Tank Tuesdays. Ooh, yeah. And, and yeah, like four or five of my buddies and I would rent a hotel room back when it was maybe 30, 40 bucks a night. Yep. And 
get yeah like two handles and just basically drink ourselves stupid in this hotel room <laughs> there is still a hotel in anaheim that has like drug and alcohol free hotel because mm. you can tell the owners just remembered back in the hotel party days definitely <laughs> oh man that was the only time i also dined and dashed Ooh. without knowing that we did like we seriously were at a hotel and right next to the hotel was a denny's so after we got blitzed we decide hey let's go eat some Moons over Miami. Of course. That's Denny's is the demilitarized zone of drunk eating. Yes. And we get our order, we do everything, and then literally think that we paid, but actually didn't. Oh no. Walk out, but nobody stops us. It's like we just walk out and then we go back to the hotel room and literally like an hour later we're like, you know, all looking through our wallets, like going, Hey, I still have cash. Like, what the hell? Like, <gasps> did any of us pay? Oh no. no. That just shows how little will to live the the third shift employees at Mm -hmm. Denny's have. Totally. So we felt like, oh, well, you know, we didn't really do anything wrong if they didn't stop us. Like, that's their own damn fault. Like, (laughs) because if we all started walking and then the waitress was like, hey, what the fuck, guys, pay us. It's not like we would have went, let's run. Yeah, run. Let's do it. Run next door. They'll never find us. (laughs) Yeah. No, we would have went, okay. Yeah, sorry. Sorry about that. Here's some cash. (laughs) Uh, And, of course, you're being that drunk. You're just, like, amazed. You're like, oh. Oh, God, yeah. what's going to happen? And it never occurs you to go back and pay because nope. you're just out of your mind at that point. It's like, oh, my fuck, we actually did that. And I, <sighs> and I guarantee you, if we were all sober and we were all coming in with a plan like, dude, we're going to dine and dash this shit, we would have gotten caught. Like, definitely. We would have definitely been caught. You had that, that drunken boxing thing where mm-hmm. it's like your, your stance and everything was so relaxed that as you were leaving, yes. no one questioned that you were leaving without paying. It was, it was like, just like so confident. Oh, like, you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> And that's the I, secret to dine and dash is just relax. Just, just pretend that you do this all the time. It's just like the same thing of buying beer when you're like not old enough, you know, like just act cool, you know, just act like you do this. Like you buy a, a handle of Cuddy Sark every day. Oh no, that was okay. That picture was completed by the choice of liquor. <laughs> the, 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 the 19 year old buying a handle of Cuddy Sark mm-hmm. is, just uh, it smells like a strip club. It Definitely. really does. <laughs> it smells like it smells like missing cash and bad decisions. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, you took me back, man. Like I, <laughs> uh, I remember there was a bar at one time we were it was they would have a, a different shot every night. Right. And the different shot that they had one night we were there was two dollar shots of Cuddy Sark. Awesome. Oh, it was a bad night and a bad morning. <laughs> I swore I almost swore off scotch completely after that. Totally. Uh I I've come back to it a little bit. I'm the same way where yeah, you you have that one night where you're like fuck this and then <laughs> ev- then after a while, I don't know how long, give or take, you come back to it. You're like okay, but you don't come back to it with that fervor. You no. come back with like okay, I'm going to just dip my toe back into this. Yes. <laughs> That's uh you were talking about rum earlier. Mm-hmm. Like I got to be careful around that because I had a bad run in with Bacardi. Totally. And now I get spiced rum and like black rum, I can enjoy those again. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. you give you give me clear rum or any the, mm-hmm. the super high proof shit, I'm running. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gone. I'm rumming. Yo. <laughs> oh. Oh man. I'm sorry I set you up for that. I 
actually like any of those embarrassing protest things mm. when people say, oh, dicks out for Harambe, or they had a, when 4chan did cut for Bieber. <laughs> right. I feel like if you get caught up in that, that's one of those obvious things. I was, yes. I was watching some commercial for a, a do, uh, like a law docudrama with mm. my sister, and the lawyer goes like, he's up in front of the jury, he's like, I hope you will help us find justice today. And I'm sitting there going... <laughs> If you buy that fucking line, you are not smart enough to be on a jury. No shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's all it's all the showmanship and everything. Mm-hmm. And that's what that... I think. What law is is that the reason why we have lawyers is because we didn't have TV back then. This was the spectacle. This was like, oh, we're gonna go see somebody's like court case because we don't have any other entertainment in our world. You you think everything was like uh, my cousin Vinny? Exactly. Whereas, like, everyone was totally, totally chuffed to get on this murder case. Yes. Because there wasn't shit to do in the town <laughs> except, for, except for watch the two Italian kids fry. Yeah. Is it possible to two Utes... Uh, uh, to what? Uh, uh, what was that word? Uh, what word? To what? What? Did you say Utes? Yeah, two Utes. What is a Ute? Oh, Excuse me, Your Honor. Two youths. And especially now with, like, you know, the OJ trial and all these different, like, you know, spectacles that become, like, court cases that become, you know, huge TV sensations. I feel that's what justice is now is, like, you know, who creates the best story? Who has the best narrative? It's not about who actually did what, you know, right and wrong or whatever. Like, right. Law is an extension of politics, and mm. politics is an extension of law. Yep. You know, not to get philosophical or anything like that. But how <laughs> many lawyers? Do. How many lawyers went and became congressmen or representatives? Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of snakes in that particular pond. Yeah, and you know, it, politics has always been about the narrative. Totally, like, we like to think it's about justice and balance and things like that. But politics has always been about the narrative. I think that's why people love watching like crew crime. True crime. I was gonna let it go. <laughs> True crime dramas, or any of those, like you know, serial, or uh, you know, making a murderer, or mm-hmm. any of those things, is because it's the best narrative. It like paints such a good, like, oh, this is such a good story. I want to just watch it for the story, not who actually is the murderer or the, who's the right and wrong person like who actually did it it's like who cares as long as the story is cool yeah we want the excitement mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we want the we want the da-na-na moments <laughs> yeah we want to see fucking the gang and scooby pull the mask off the murderer and find out who it really right. is it was mr crothers who ran down an amusement park <laughs> <laughs> uh no i you were talking about oj mm. and i loved watching the oh the, hell yeah the oj trial the i mean the, on fx yes the american crime story yes yes uh, i haven't seen the one on hulu i don't mm. know if it's the same one i think it's more of that's just like the real documentary of like what really went down i want to watch that mm. because i remember a lot of the oj trial yes right that was the downside of being a kid back then yes was that your fucking afternoon cartoons were completely taken up mm-hmm. with the news of the oj trial because that's what got rated totally Gummy bears bouncing here in this is an ATV news breaking story. Good evening, Steve Murphy in the ATV News Center with breaking news. There is a verdict in the O.J. Simpson case. This comes as a great surprise to everyone covering the trial in Los Angeles. In fact, we've just been talking to ATV's Linda Joyce at Camp O.J. There is shock, but there is a verdict. It will be announced tomorrow at 2 o'clock Atlantic time. We'll have more on this very surprising development tonight on the CTV News with Lloyd Robertson at 12 midnight. That's the news for now. For our ATV News team, I'm Steve Murphy. More news coming up later tonight. 
Stretch Armstrong from Cap Toys. Who else? I <laughs> seriously remember, no joke, I was in my classroom like in 7th or 8th grade, and my science teacher literally like stopped class to see the verdict. He rolled in the TV, and we like watched. We're all like 8th graders, like, who the fuck is OJ? And he's like, shut the fuck up, we're watching this. Like, I don't care about the lesson plan right now. Like, I want to see if this black guy did it or not. Right. <laughs> I want to care. We, we talk about how we put too much uh, emphasis on athletes and shit nowadays. Mm-hmm. This has been happening for decades, guys. Like, this is not a surprise. Yeah. We freaked out about OJ being in court. It would be, man. And I've already heard now that he's up for parole soon. He is. And now there's already, like, executives that are hitting him up, like, do you want to do a show when you get out? What's up? And who wouldn't watch that? There would be a shitload of people that would watch that, unfortunately. Me included, I, probably. Oh, I'm totally, I'm totally on board, and I hate it. <laughs> I know. It's like, I hate that I would watch hate that. that. You're like, how many TV shows are there that you don't want to admit that you watch? Oh, tons. <laughs> this is the only one I've started freely admitting. Like, mm. This is my guilty pleasure show. I was watching Steven Universe before I came here. <laughs> I'm not aware of that show. Oh, dude, I don't know Steven if it's, Universe? Yeah, it's a children's show. Right, it sounds like it. With a lot of, you know, it's actually got a lot of like tones of acceptance and like, you know, kind of like love everybody and be friendly to everybody because right. that's its own reward. Are the crystal gems will always save the day And if you think we can So it's a queer show. Yeah, exactly. Actually, <laughs> you would not believe a lovely queer show. The LGBT following this show has just for its acceptance uh, yeah. messages. <laughs> and I'm watching. Maybe it's just because I was a weird fat kid. Yes. So you know, now there's a show about a weird fat kid with super powered friends. I can relate to this. Yes, exactly. I'm like, oh my god, this is totally what I wanted when I was that little that little kid. With yes, the, yes. You know, fucking a gem in my belly button. Sure. <laughs> There is a youthfulness that I've noticed from people my age. You know, I always thought, like, as soon as I get to 30, I'm going to be, like, smoking a pipe, wearing a cardigan, thinking about my, like, you know, long-term investments, all this, like, adult stuff. And then I get to that, and I'm, like, still wearing cat shirts and, like, you know, living paycheck to paycheck and, like, still eating Cheetos in my bed and, like, am I an adult? I should be an adult, but I'm not. <laughs> I, I, when I think, I feel that way a lot. Yeah. Like, I'm sitting, I get a lot of fucking, like, down moments. Like, mm. momentary, like, depression snaps when I, like, I'm just sitting there going, Oh, my God, I didn't live with my sister. I didn't just fucking drive my car off a fucking bridge, man. I'm such a burden on everyone. Yes. I get those moments when I'm down like that. And then I remember, like, my, there was a time when I woke up as a kid. And my parents were sitting on the couch watching a movie, and they'd gone out and gotten frozen yogurt after me and my sister had gone to sleep. Awesome. And I'm like, okay, adults have been doing this forever. They've just been hiding it. But now we've got, the, and now we've got, again, social media comes out, and you share, like, we started sharing all of our weird quirks, and we're like, oh, it's okay to be weird. You yeah. don't have to conform. So we're like, fuck it. We're not going to conform. And because we didn't conform, now the, now the previous generation thinks, oh, they never grew up. It's like, no, we just grew up cooler than you. Right. Yeah, we didn't grow up thinking we had to be assholes. Yeah. <laughs> We didn't grow up driven by a fucking desire to define ourselves by our success versus our neighbors. Right, yeah. There wasn't, yeah, a competition involved of, like, I need to be better than the person that lives next to me. Or, yeah, the 80s drive of, like, I got to have just the bigger and better thing. 
maybe that's what that's what that's what uh, hits the drama note in our head though is like that competition hmm. is what gets us so when you watch those dramas and shit you're like ooh it's it's like a chess match it's i can mm. feel ooh good versus evil wavering back and forth i can feel the flow like it like it was back in the 80s when i had to get a better lawnmower than that asshole gym <laughs> next door <laughs> not that i actually mow my lawn but i just have to have a better mower yeah <laughs> i had to have a clean shaven mexican mow my lawn like <laughs> yeah I, Look, man, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That may have been. That may have been. That was racist. <laughs> but you know what? It you know was the '80s, and it was a simpler time. Okay. <laughs> you know what's racist is that I seriously tried to get two landscaping jobs in my life, and I've been told no. And I'm thinking because it's because I wasn't Mexican. Like, and where's the racism in that? Like, nobody's talking about that racism of like white people can't get jobs that normally are going to immigrants. I don't know how much racism plays into employment, honestly. <laughs> I'm like, I, I want to, I want to take it somewhere funny. But you can like, never, you can never. I'm like, fuck, I can't make any jokes about no, that that aren't racist. But so you I can also, didn't. you can't ever prove it. No, it's. I feel like it's more personal racism between people that hire. You know, people in the workplace. You think about like how you how the the boss will think about how they talk with their employees mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. how they're going to talk about this employee. Mm-hmm. And if they don't feel like if they feel like there's going to be more shit than is worth it, it's racism. Absolutely. It's absolutely right. discrimination based on race. But I understand the business aspect of it, too. Yeah. Like, I don't feel like it's coming from a place of like malicious racism. It's just system systemic racism. Like, do you think it's which ra- isn't any better? But do you think it's racist now to say I need a I need a bilingual employee? Only I need because somebody that needs to speak two languages. I only feel like that's racist because I've been on the job hunt for six months and the <laughs> amount of positions speak. that I've seen is like bilingual required. Fuck. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna I'm not gonna lie, I've I guarantee you, yeah, I've haven't I haven't gotten jobs because I don't speak Spanish. But I'm not saying fuck them, I need to now sue them. It's like, yeah, I don't meet the requirements. Yes. So I got to find something else or learn Spanish, right. but I don't like put it on. Like I put it on myself. Like I need to get with the times, not hold back the times and make it easier for me because I don't want to grow or become a different person. I feel like two white guys shouldn't be discussing this topic. You know, <laughs> I always feel like, man, I should never say this because yeah, I'm a cisgendered white male. Like I don't get to talk about any of this. <laughs> I feel like it's okay for us to have an opinion on this. Yeah, but to try and say that that opinion is, you know, more valid right. in the broad scheme of things, it's like ah, uh, we didn't experience a lot of the systemic shit that the people that have, are, are mm-hmm. protesting for it did. We, I, that's, I don't. Was that an advantage in our life? Well, you know, not taking shit is always an advantage in life. I think that's the thing with like white privilege is like for a lot of white people, they never knew that they got privilege because they just saw like what people should just naturally be treating others with like by, you know, like, Oh, this person just treated me like a normal person. Like, I just thought that that was just the way everybody got treated. I wasn't, I didn't know until somebody told me that like, Hey, by the way, I don't get treated the same way. (laughs) Right. Exactly. It's, you don't understand until, until you hear about it. Yeah. Like I'm going into a liquor store and buying a two liter of Coke and the, shopkeep is like have a nice day but then when a black guy buys a some coke he's like get out of here boy like i don't see that bro i don't i've already got my coke and i'm on my way like i don't see the black guy's troubles but then once the black guy says like hey man i'm getting some trouble i'm like oh i didn't know that <laughs> yeah. i'm sorry i didn't like oh that's a problem yeah fuck that guy fuck that shopkeep that's doing that like but the fact that i didn't know it 
Why does that make me a bad person? I feel like there when when people get angry at people they're not responding to people who have that reaction hmm. that it's like if you have the oh shit i'm sorry i didn't know that's the proper reaction to have when you go like wait really Pfft, you're full of shit yeah fuck you like who everybody's got problems yeah. or whatever if like, i can act like i don't got problems like no we're not saying you don't have problems we're just saying other people have problems that can be solved very easily right like i didn't know this guy was treating you differently but now that i know Fuck that guy. Yeah, <laughs> like, like now when I see that, I'm not going to treat it as an isolated incident, and I'm going to, you know, step in and say, hey, knock that shit off stupid. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, like you, you see someone dropping N-bombs in Walmart or whatever, you got to get up, like, to a cashier or something. You get up and go, hey, 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 hey. Right, right. Well, let's not. I think it's like the the one crux of like being a human is everything just gets boiled into something easy. You know, there's everything that has a nuance or some sort of like complexity to it. It's like, yeah, yeah save it. I'm just going to think all black people are evil. That's... I can't just like pick and choose like, oh, this one's bad. This one's not. It's like, eh, I don't have time for that. I'm just going to say they're all because it's easier. I just that, that thought that like the world is black and white or whatever. Gave me such a hacky Facebook meme fucking thought. <laughs> just hear what you you do. You take the first the first part of the meme, and it's just black and white next to each other. Right. This is one of those things like you would see on a horrible inspirational fucking yes. like, thing <laughs> with it's a like, border around it with a big word on the on the bottom of it. No, nah, it just says <laughs> people that see the world in black and white, and then you have like a charcoal sketch underneath it. Will never see the beauty of all the grays. <laughs> <laughs> I'm quoting that now. That's gonna be my mantra forever that's yours you can have that just never attribute it to me <laughs> just say, oh, i heard that somewhere quote unknown <laughs> oh god that seems like something someone would get a tattoo of mm-hmm. and then like when they're 60 go oh fuck that was such a bad idea am i wrong to think that anybody that gets like words on them is just a douche you know i think if the words mean something like to a, to Not a family just, like, relative a or word i'm talking about like you get a paragraph oh, on your fuck no <laughs> No, whether you get like a, a movie quote, mm. a Bible quote, I don't care if it's a quote from your grandma. Yeah. All right. Like quotes are good when you need them for like specific snippets of your life to like you need uplifting quotes. Right. You need, uh, you know, quotes that'll make you laugh. You need just little snit- tidbits, little snippets. You should never like attribute a quote to your entire life. <laughs> That's like reading one book your mm-hmm. entire life. And how many people do you think have a quote from a book on their body and have never read the entire book? Oh, more more than I would care to admit. Yep. Nine, like I'm, I'm thinking. Okay, 1984. There's probably a lot. Uh, there's probably a lot of Kurt Vonnegut quotes on people's bodies that yeah. they haven't read the yep. books. Yep. A uh, mm-hmm. lot of Hunter S. Thompson. Bukowski, totally. Yeah, Bukowski like, for sure. Chuck Palahniuk. Yeah, like, Shel Silverstein. All oh, of tons them. of Shel Silverstein. <laughs> Doctor Seuss. Even I'll go as far as say Doctor Seuss. <laughs> You're like, you got that, and you don't even know it came from Hop and Pop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the places you'll go. Fuck yourself. <laughs> Uh, I feel like though, just like skin itself, you're a different person every seven years. Like you literally, like all your cells like regenerate and like die off and become a new cell every seven years. So every, your, your literal skin is new. So why not think like in seven years, am I going to seriously still love this quote that I got (laughs) tattooed on me? Like, 
I'd, I'd just think of the things that I loved seven years ago and I'd be like, yeah, nope, none of that. I would want to like proclaim now. <laughs> I, I imagine somewhere in the world, there's got to be somewhere in this world, there's an unfortunate person with a quote on their body in permanent ink that can only be removed by medical laser. That was like by Chris Benoit. Well, I don't believe in luck. I believe in hard work. Once you step into that ring, the only person that you can rely on is yourself. <laughs> Before he went crazy. Right, of course. And <laughs> fucking perpetrated one of the, the largest murder, one of the most famed murder-suicide acts in, in totally. history. There's got to be someone that had like one of his inspirational, like, fucking, the Wolverine never dies quote or some shit <laughs> that they got at some, you know, WCW fucking... Yep. In, Always jump Van. from the top. Yes. <laughs> Some shit like that. And they got to go through the rest of their life knowing mm-hmm. that they made that mistake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a level of shame that may keep me in a, in a bunker forever. Man, seriously, what was going through that guy's mind? <laughs> Fucking not a lot if you, if you read the reports. Really? Yeah. That's the big excuse that everyone wants to give that mm. I was actually on board for a while. What? It's uh, that he had the brain of a 70-year-old Alzheimer's patient. Oh, right. Yeah. For a long time. Like I Junior was... Seau. He just yes. like had a, too many concussions and just went insane. Junior Seau is like one of the reasons now that I believe this is totally from another podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm, this, this narrative is completely from another. It's another right. podcast. But I, it's, it's, it swept me. Yeah. That Junior Seau didn't kill his wife and kid with his concussions. It's true. He went crazy. Yeah. Don't misunderstand. And I don't want to I don't want to fucking diminish the role of uh, concussions and mental illness, but f- fuck. You don't you don't you got to be a special kind of ma- crazy and a little bit malicious to fucking murder your child. I, I feel like I feel the same way towards Chris Benoit that I feel about Casey Anthony now. Mm. <laughs> like, like it's I felt I used to defend. I used to be like, oh, he didn't know what he was. Excuse me, he didn't know what he was doing. He was crazy. And I'm sitting here going, fuck that guy. Yeah, fuck that murdering bitch. Yeah, I'm not trying to say I know anything about what concussions might do to a person, but to think that you weren't going to kill somebody before, but now your head got rattled a few times, and now it's like, yep, I'm now doing it. Now it's like whoa where did that jump go from like i would think like you'd have to have some sort of predilection you would have to have that in you and then it just that triggered the leap you right know? it's there's something to be said for phineas gage though right you know like there's the the railroad spike through the head completely changes someone's personality yeah there's the possibility that's you know that's a freak uh, it's freak occurrence obviously they don't have a lot of occurrences of that have you have you heard about those uh guys that get like traumatic brain injuries and then they like become a different like they have a different accent suddenly. Oh, yeah. Or they have a different, like, sexual proclivity. I have, yeah. Yeah, that's so weird how, like, yeah, you could get a a steel spike through your head and now suddenly you're gay. You're a completely different what person. What the fuck? <laughs> it's, so, it's so strange. I'm like, and you talk like a British posh man? <laughs> See, when I hear shit like this, I kind of understand the, uh, the, the people that just go, doctors don't know shit, man. <laughs> like, In you, that you're, instance, you're, they don't know. Yeah, you're like, well, shit, there is a lot they don't know. I got to mm. give you that one. Mm. It's like, they know a fuck ton. They know a lot more than your dumbass. Totally. But shit, like, they really don't have a handle on smacking someone in the head with a hammer and having them come out, like, singing like Liberace, you know? And I always love how, like, cartoons are almost right, where, as a doctor, I would think to myself, well, maybe we'll just slap them in the head again and it'll make them better. <laughs> 
You know, like let's just hit him with a coconut and maybe it'll fix it. Oh, fucking! Oh, like we're going, we're going, yeah, Gilligan's Island style. <laughs> oh, I was thinking Roddy Piper, Jimmy Snooker style because we talked about Chris Benoit. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a big wrestling buff? Oh yeah, yeah. I was oh, gonna yeah. say that's my thing. Well, plus that was that was socially relevant too because that was one of the like, oh my god, he hit a Samoan with a coconut. Awesome. Was... Well, maybe I was gonna say maybe I can bring in a segment that I haven't brought in out for a while. Time to play the game. Time to play the game. <laughs> it's a segment where we create a pro wrestler. Oh, and we create his arc through the whole career. You know, basically his first match, his pinnacle match, and his finale match. But I have randomness as our guide, so oh. like I have a bunch of names that we can build off of. Okay. Okay, so I have a list of wrestlers that we could potentially choose to make our debut of the world's greatest wrestler that has not yet been made. Alright, where did these did these names come from, from you? Just random generators? Yes, I've just created them out of the just top of my head, just not for any reason or whatever, but you can pick one through ten, and then we'll go from there. All right, sounds good. Okay, well, since this is wrestling-based, let's go with number four, the Four Horsemen. Okay, so <laughs> number four is named Misty Streams. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Is Misty Streams? I feel like Misty Streams is a female wrestler. Ah, nice, a diva. Yes. Well, okay. no, they don't. They don't prefer that term anymore. Oh, they don't. They are women's wrestlers. Women's wrestlers. Yeah. I did not know that divas is a, a bad it's, name. Divas is a pejorative now. The the butterfly belt is dead, <laughs> and uh, the the women have a, a true WWE title. To awesome. Themselves now. Awesome. Okay, so Misty Streams. She's a female newcomer. Is she a heel or a face? God, this is. I really want to take this fucking really. Or bad. can she be both? You know, throughout think, the career, you know, oh, turns yeah. halfway think, through. I think she does do she does do the 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 heel face turn. Right. Okay. So she starts off as a heel. I feel like it's easier to debut a face. Okay, debuts as a face. You know, you you show up in NXT. Everyone wants to like you. They're mm. like, "All right, rookie, let's see what you can do." Right. Okay. So what's her signature move? Oh, I don't. Let's. All right. Let's think about this. What kind of wrestler is she? Yeah. Is she like a like a flyer or is she like a, a big? Like, is it, like, kind of like a, a play on words where Misty Stream sounds hot, but she's just this huge bruiser? You're going to make me tough, or I'm going to kick your butt. Oh, yeah. That you can know, actually be. Maybe she's just a 6'8", you know, behemoth. I feel like Misty Stream's, like, the name is, was, like, everybody knows the name is just horrible. <laughs> Everyone knows that yeah. creative. And it's spelled with, like, three her. Ys. Yes. <laughs> Everyone knows that creative saddled her with this gimmick, but mm-hmm. she's such a good talent. She's just going to fucking rock and roll yeah, it and be she's like, she's going to play it. Yeah. I'm going to make you like, imagine when Mark Calloway, they told him like, listen, you're going to play a wrestling grave digger. <laughs> yes. And he's yes. sitting there going, what the fuck? Nah, he ran with it. <laughs> and this guy is your manager. Oh, yes. I've seen these. 
I like you very much. <laughs> really? This dude? Uh, <laughs> podcasts these days do not have enough Percy Pringle references. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, I don't know. I feel like she's like kind of like an Italia type. Like okay. a, a real yes. technical. Yes. Like not a, like a brawler, not a bruiser. Like, mm-hmm. you know, she yeah, gets, she's not going off the top rope. No, nah, she does those power moves. Yeah, the suplex and the DDTs. Right. When she comes off the top rope, it's like, it's not, this is not her body type, but it's like <laughs> Bubba Ray Dudley. You know, it's just for a, <laughs> right. like a flying nothing so her opponent can... <laughs> Can, can counter yeah, it. Yeah, take her out and yeah, submit her real quick. Right, right. So yeah, what's her first match? Her first match. Who's it against? You know, oh, man. we have to have her against somebody pretty famous. You know, is it one of the Bella Twins? I'm Nikki. I'm Bree. We're the Bella Twins. Is it maybe, uh, you know, against, yeah, Nadia? You know, I think it's... Uh, or Natalia, I mean. At Extreme Rules, it's going to be you versus Natalia in a submission match. I think it's against... Uh, who's who's the... I don't remember the girl in red in, uh, in NXT with, like, her entire gimmick was, oh, I've got red hair, and she was not... Oh, I think right. It's just, it's just, uh, Eva Marie is the woman <laughs> yes. we're thinking of. Ladies and gentlemen, due to a wardrobe malfunction... Eva Marie cannot compete, and therefore this match will not take place. Yes. She's so... She's, she's, not, she's pretty hot. Right. She's Well, yeah, that's pretty much all she's got going for her. As, <laughs> as a connoisseur, I mean, like, I'm not going to pretend like I'm fit and, like, jumping around doing Right, but her moves are weak. But it's like, I've seen a lot better talent on people. Totally. I'm gonna say. Totally. But I think that that's, that needs to be her first match. That's like... So she's against Eve, and obviously she loses. Eve. Oh, yeah, Definitely. But does she lose, like, just straight out, or does she lose by, like, shenanigans? She loses, I feel like she loses, like, it's a good, it's a good back and forth bout. Of course, of and, course. you know, she actually gets two pinfalls, it's like, oh, the newcomer was yep. so close! A lot of shoulder, like, flips. A yes. lot of, like, two counts. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of mm-hmm. hip tosses, a lot of, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of arm drags. Who was that one that was, like, was it named Raven? Mm-hmm. Or something, like, where she had black hair and she was kind of, like, emo Oh, and no, I, that was um, Victoria. Oh, okay. Yep. Victoria I liked her. And I liked Paige her. Both yeah, had the, Paige, yeah. Both had the We Have Black Hair gimmick. Yes. Look at Paige trying to fight out of this. And there it is. Oh! Paige! Hucks the leg off the Paige shoulder. She did it! We have a new champion. The 21 year old from Norwich, England, has just won the Davis Championship. And, and a lot of eyeshadow. Right. And then they fucking turned it up, and it's like, oh shit, these women can actually move. Mm-hmm, like they mm-hmm. were given such paper thin gimmicks, but. <laughs> yeah. And they fucking rock and rolled it. I love how, like. Misty needs to be a strong woman like that. Totally, totally. Misty's, <laughs> Misty's, Misty's one of these, like, she's, she's small of frame, but she's buff. It's like so, so interesting that there's like a dichotomy where it's like we're all trying to hold our gender roles, but we're simultaneously saying there's no roles. Yeah, exactly. We're, I think we might be the last generation brought up defined, letting our personalities be defined by our genders. Yeah. You know, I feel like I am, I've been, I'm sorry, someone told me this because <laughs> I told them I had this attitude of like, I don't care who you fuck. I don't care if a gay guy flirts with me. I'm not going to suck his dick because I'm straight. Right. They said like, okay, well, that's because you're super straight. 
Mm. And I'm like, okay, that's that's my thing. I'm super straight. If I go out with a woman and you know things get things get heavy, and I find out she's a woman with a penis, I'm going home because mm-hmm. I don't like penises. Right. That's just, and, but I feel like that may be you, an attitude that gets washed out. And are you a dickhead to say that that woman isn't really a woman? Because she has a penis still. No, I think that's a woman with a penis. Really? Yeah. I'm not so like... That, so yeah, you can say like, I don't care. Like you can define yourself as whatever you want with whatever you want. Yeah, basically. It's okay. You you didn't have... You weren't born with the right gender. You have the mind of a woman. Okay, cool. Fucking dress up. Put on makeup. Cut your hair differently. Fucking go out and be a woman. I'm but not going to tell you how to be happy. But that woman doesn't want to get rid of the dick still. Fucking have your dick. Just be sure you tell people... That you still have your dick, but and I'm I mean, a chick. like, and I mean, like, tell them at an appropriate time. Don't just be like, <laughs> don't just be like telling everyone. Don't run running down in the bar and like tapping everyone on the shoulder. Going, hey, just so you know, I I still got my dick. Yeah, but like when you're talking to someone and like you're into them and you think there might be a little bit of relationship there, mm. you need to tell them immediately. It's like kind of like having HIV. I don't want to def- uh, equate it to a disease. Yeah, but it's kind of like something that the other person needs to know before you go at too least far. early on. Yeah, like before things get too far. Right. I feel the same, like, if you're a man with a vagina, too. Like, I can't imagine right. gay guys going to the gay bar, trying to pick up a guy and get some hot dick, are going to be, like, if a woman walks in identifying as a man that hasn't had any sort of surgery, or right. even has had surgery. Right. I feel like you do need to tell people, like, just so you know, this is what happened. Do you think that there is a couple out there that there's one individual that identifies as a woman that has a penis, and then there's their counterpart that identifies as a male that has a vagina? feel like there has to be right right like There's they literally out there. have the opposite parts but believe that they're the opposite gender right i think i think maybe that may be the case in a committed relationship like yeah i'm a woman that has a dick and i'm fucking a man that has a vagina i think that's entirely possible i think it's even probable it i think about all has different... to be it has to be yeah. you think about all the different like polyamorous shit and that's you know... this isn't even polyamory this is still just monogamy but we're different genders oh yeah no with I'm... the with all the crazy sexual shit out there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm a chick with a dick, and you're a dude with a puss, <laughs> and we're going to love each other. Right. And it's like, but hey. not be men and women. Like, um, we're, we're switching roles, yeah. but keeping our junk. It's got to be a thing, right? It has to be. I mean, but, like, and but, those people are probably so intensely private and so fucking sick of all of the people giving them bullshit in their lives that they don't ever fucking tell anybody. They're just like, no. It's just those two people that are living their truth. Right. right. We're sitting there like, look, we chow down on each other's genitals in our apartment. Outside of that, we don't give a fuck what anyone – like mm. no one else needs to fucking know. Mm. I was trying to bring this up on stage, not this whole conversation, yeah. <laughs> but this idea of like, okay, I understand why guys' junk is called genitals because there's plural. It's like balls and dick. And balls, period, is, right. is plural. Yeah. But with women, it's just vag. So shouldn't it just be called, like, genital or gentle? Like, <laughs> let's just call them gentles. Like, women have gentle. That's actually cute. Yeah, it's a gentle. It is. I don't know if I don't know if women appreciate us infantilizing their vaginas like that, but I do think it's cute. Yeah, I would rather say it's. And I gentle. feel like it's. I feel like it's more like fitting too. Like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, though I, that's, I can't. Again, this comes back to the privilege conversation we were having. Mm-hmm. Like all of every girlfriend I've ever had has never let me anywhere near down there when it's you know that time of the month of course and like the sound and the fury is happening yes so i only see these in near pristine condition hmm. where they seem you know very gentle very warm very that's what i'm saying like and what they're not girl like a metal song yeah <laughs> yeah what girl wouldn't want that to be called a gentle 
I feel like the thing is, is that the vagina holds so much power, mm. like socially and even it's even not gentle at legislatively, all. <laughs> I would say now, maybe not so much with the current administration, but you know, that's a, it's a, yeah. I don't want to call it a big lobby. Cause again, that's kind of diminishing. Yeah. But, Kellyanne, I don't think she has a gentle it either. No, <laughs> it's very angry. Her and fucking Ayn Rand and Coulter. Mm-hmm. It's like the three heads of Cerberus. So what ethnicity is she? Oh, so she's just built like a brick shit house, just a small like Danny DeVito type. I feel more like an MMA type. Oh, like, okay. Like really, like really, really toned up. Like she's small. Got but it. You know she can like she can punch she can punch through a brick wall. Yes, yes. You know, she can stop mud holes and walk them dry. What if that's like her? Like yeah, what's her signature move? Like Ooh. she has to have now a signature move. Right, and you know, coming from NXT, you'd think it'd be the overdrive, the OVW driver, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. but that's that's the finisher everyone gets saddled with at first. Totally, women I... get the Bronco Buster a lot because <laughs> you know they've got vaginas and rubbing them in people's faces is funny. That's always a good go-to. I'm gonna just pound them with my vag. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, clam yeah. I love it. Misty <laughs> streams with the clam slam. Right, you know what? Yeah. This is we're just gonna make this fucking. She's gonna be such a good talent in ring. What if that it's not gonna matter what yes. fucking what horrible things creative writes for her? What if she does some move like Yokozuna, where she does like a kind of like a she uses oh, like the the turnbuckle, drop? yeah, and she just kind of bounces on the turnbuckle and then just plants her vag right on the face. Oh, I yeah. like that, like a crossbody, but a mm-hmm. little bit further south. Yes, yes, All right. yes. That's right. And if she jumps, if she does it off the top of someone's shoulders, it's called the clam jam. <laughs> yeah, because, yeah, what if her uh, her quintessential, like, peak match is, like, a, a tag team match or something right. or some sort of, like, Royal Rumble where she, yeah, like, gets some other people involved, at, like a diva Royal Rumble. Right. And Actually, then, you know what? I think I want to see her in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Oh, that would be awesome. She yes. doesn't necessarily win. No, but, but I she want to stays her, for a while. I want to yeah. see her compete. And I want to see her eliminate someone like Enzo Amore. Of course, yeah. Or somebody big like like Big Show or something. Oh, like she manages to like take Big Show's knees out and then someone else drops totally. over the top. Totally. Doing everything he can. Big Show's on the apron. Big Show went over the top rope. If he hits the floor, it's over. Yes. Is that a... a- is that what we're going to see in, in new uh, in WrestleMania? You know, uh, a Royal Rumble with both genders? A Royal Rumble... You know, because before it's always been men versus women or... Not even men versus women. It's either men or women. Right. It's I. Rem- they said I'm trying to remember. I think China and Beth Phoenix are the only two women to ever. Oh, maybe Awesome Kong did. I'm mm, not sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I know that that was a big deal. That for a while China was the only woman yes. to ever compete in the Royal Rumble match. The ninth wonder of the world, making WWF history, the first woman ever to enter the Royal. 
Yes, I remember that. And I feel like they have such they have such a distaste for intergender violence now. Yeah, that they're never going to give a woman a shot. I was going to say it's almost like they're not worried about like can the women like hold their own. It's like no, we don't want to show men beating women. <laughs> oh man, um, I used to work for a, a indie wrestling company. In, yeah. uh, in L.A. UEW Underground Empire Wrestling. Awesome. They've got a woman there goes by Sage Sin, and that, she's the nice, she's the puppy nice. queen and the shaman of Sawin. <laughs> and this, oh my god. This woman can go. Nice. She does nice. intergender matches. Like cool. uh, she's a uh, she did Senkal Senkal Pro Wrestling and take their five cities title, and she's getting booked for you know deathmatch tournaments and yeah. stuff all across the country. She's killing it. So my thought is, if that if this woman can do this independently mm-hmm, and book mm-hmm. herself mm-hmm. and get in and say like I'll 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 get in there and mix it up with the boys, big fucking deal. Yeah, I think any woman that wants to should get their shot. Hell yeah, especially since it's still. Let's be honest. It's fake. It's a performance. It's, it's like we can make this theatrical and not really hurt women and not really hurt the yeah. whole, you know, like we can we can play this up. You know, we don't have to like literally beat these chicks right. to death. <laughs> I understand their distaste for it. I really do. Yeah. There's a lot of kids watch that. Of course. It's always wanna... for meant for kids. Yeah. It's it's the new age melodrama is mm-hmm. all it is. The crowd mm-hmm. plays a part. You know, you see the hero, yay! You yes. see the villain, boo! It's Greek theater. Yeah, it's it's horrible white trash Greek theater. Yep, yep. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's Greek theater with the tall boy. <laughs> okay, no, that's okay. Sorry, you brought it back right here. Misty comes to the ring wearing a toga. Awesome. Because she's got this whole gimmick where she's the fucking the princess, the princess of the WWE. She's the she's the royal overseer of awesome. the debauchery. I like it. I like it. I like it. And then she has, like, yeah, a whole harem come out with her. Yes. Like, during the intros. Right. Mm-hmm. She's got, like, a whole bunch of pretty boys coming out. Of course. Morals, yeah, just holding little, like, loincloths and, yeah. Poses, like, yeah. Whole... And carrying her out, like, with, like, a, on, like, a... Like, like, a, like a, a dais kind yes, of Yes. 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 Okay, <laughs> but... A big throne. Yeah. Yes, like, exactly. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I'm totally into it. This is it. This is this is the one. And then, and it, then her WrestleMania entrance gets to be that much bigger because they course. always you look at Bray Wyatt in Mania, you look at Undertaker in Mania, they always jack up the theatrics yes. through there. That's and when that's, she actually gets horses like carrying her pick chariot Yes. Yes. <laughs> and there's like pyro and everything. And yeah, it's like a spectacle. It's like she's in a gladiator outfit. You cut, you'll have people throwing out like you'll have like people walking in front of her, throwing out souvenir coins with her yes. face on them. <laughs> yes. I love the marketing play. <laughs> this is you can just sell Greek outfits with bags of coins. Totally, the, the Princess Misty streams fucking. Place yep, that. yep. I love it. I love it. And then, okay, so who's her love interest? Does she ever hook up with another wrestler? Does she ever like have a torrid love affair? You know, I, with the Wyatt brother or with? Some... <laughs> oh, I was going comedy with it. Right. I was okay. thinking like like Big E from the New Day. <laughs> But I like your I like your angle better. I, I like the okay. I was picturing yeah her being a white girl. So maybe yeah, yeah a tr- like uh, interracial type of uh, yeah ploy. I like that. And I like that she's that's maybe Kofi or, or I feel like the Greek gimmick is how like she comes to the WWE the main mm. roster in standard you know female getup you know yes. long trunks the the halter top and you know just hair tied back. Nice makeup done. Yes. Like yes. just out there like, I'm a women wrestler, like the whole blue chipper gimmick they used yes. to give to farm boys. Yeah, and yeah. And then when she turns, mm. she like culturally appropriates all this Greek <laughs> shit. And become and heart and like accepts her Greek roots. Yes. And then like, becomes totally out, a Roman or a Greek empress. Right. She finds out like her grandpa Papoli died. <laughs> And left her in a state yes. in, 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 like, not Sicily. And you Sicilian haven't seen this. Like, where, 
where has been this like there's never been a character like this right like this would totally reinvigorate the uh, WWE this for would, sure absolutely and the, the, the harder Greek stereotypes you get her to play mm. and just mm. have faces just be like are you for real right turn yeah. into a total joke and then have like Braun Strowman be be just smitten with her as the spitting image of like the totally. Athenian goddess totally and then there's like a yeah a pay-per-view that's like called like my big fat Greek like massacre or something like that and oh, it, it's so horrible! But yeah, yeah. just fucking play it along the lines like she's having this invitational, mm-hmm. this invitational oh, yeah. event on the WWE Network. Totally, and have totally. her have her call it one thing, but then have Nick Foley come out and be like, "It sounds like my big fat Greek pay per view." <laughs> and then she puts the thumb down, and then Nick Foley gets like pummeled or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I totally want to see Braun Strowman in like a like a Maximus Gladiator outfit yeah. right now too. Totally he becomes her fucking her manservant. Yeah, her like uh, Kane was for uh, Triple H. Yes, like she's, but she still gets in there and like gets involved. Of course, she's of course. Oh, what if she fights um, McMahon? Ooh, Stephanie. Stephanie, who, who True Queen is right, and then takes over, or maybe takes over the WWE. This is a WrestleMania. That's a WrestleMania. Match. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're sending this one to the top. Totally. And this then, is going to have Daniel Bryan gimmick afterwards, just as yeah. Like, this is a this is a fast track to the Misty Stream for Hall of Fame, like mm-hmm. 2025. Yep. This is a five year rocket to the top. Yeah. <laughs> this is this. She's going to be more famous than Cena, right? Like fucking all the other women, like Dana and fucking Naomi mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and both the Bellas. Totally, both, they're going to be angry at how fast she is. Oh yeah, and she's going to take them out all, oh, all yeah. one by one, right? She's going to have to spend like three years in storylines about how you aren't hot shit. Yep. And yeah, what's her tagline? What's her f- catchphrase? Oh, okay. Can so we think of a catchphrase? In? Like, you know, we got, can you dig it? We got like, you don't see me. Like, I just, I just figured out who her other, who other manservant is. Mm. Roman Reigns. Ah, oh, I like it. Like Once it. the Greeks conquer the Roman. Totally. Mm-hmm. Greek mm-hmm. conquers the Roman. Yeah. What if she got Roman. all of them back? The whole um, the shield, yeah. The shield comes back, and, and they're now they're dogs. Yeah, they're the Greek shield. <laughs> yep, they're the they're the they're the different kind of shield. They're the centurion yes. shield. Yes. Oh, that'd be great. They're all wearing. They all got gladiator gimmick. Yes, yes. And Braun is the crazy one that they bring out when the when the dogs can't handle it. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm-hmm. well, it seems like we need to unleash the beast. Yes. But now, oh. okay, third act. Her demise, or right. how does she end? You know, what's her fall? Yeah, because she has to have a fall like this. We just built her up. Now, who takes her down? Oh, okay. a newcomer I or feel... some other? You have no idea. Star I'm, from the wings. I'm so attached to Misty now. That <laughs> I want to. I want to make it that she gets like the edge treatment where she gets injured and mm, has to retire on Raw. Right. But I know that's not how life goes. You don't get to go out on top. No, nope, it's nope. not. That's an easy. That's a happy ending. And happy ending. It has easy to, to be write. like Stone Cold or something, where right. she just gets like a backbreaker or something. I feel like she gets in. She does get injured in real okay. life. Yes. And it puts her on the shelf, and it's a it's a leg injury. Mm-hmm. So it puts her on the shelf. For she six like rips months. her ACL or something. Right. Okay. So yeah, that's there. You go. So it ends up being like a, long a Daniel Bryan type of thing because she can't get the, the Adrian Peterson surgery because it's right. not widespread enough. Right. Yet. Right. Okay. So she has to get the cadaver ACL, and that puts so, her out for almost a year. Yeah. What if like something goes wrong, like in a, in the like a pay per view kind of like Mankind, where she gets thrown through something, and it. Wasn't supposed to go that way, but it goes that way. But it still is so awesome to see. Okay. You know, where that didn't happen, but holy shit, was that awesome. 
I feel like she's got a big, big match. Mm-hmm. Like it's a ladder match. It's a match with uh, high potential for injury. Money in the bank or something. <laughs> oh, yeah. You can do something like a women's money in the bank mm-hmm, match. Mm-hmm. And yeah. she's competing in the women's money in the bank match. Right. The following is an all divas battle royal. And, and the ladder's on fire. No, whoa, whoa. <laughs> That's okay. This okay. is, I'm, I'm bringing it back to like WCW stuff. <laughs> I, okay, once you're on the inside, it's so fucking different because I see totally. people that make weapons for like these death matches and things. And I'm sitting there going, nobody is going to fucking use that. Right, like, right. It's like you see a lot of pe- a lot of the things they do, a lot of the things like they build, a lot of people use. Of course. Thumbtack bats. Yes. Like in barbed wire light And tubes. why is that hidden under the mat? <laughs> For their use. <laughs> they know what's going on under there. Thumbtacks all over the fucking place. Broken glass. Even- and then you get someone that gets like a, a tire and puts like road spikes in it. And you're like, what the fuck are they going to do with that? You're I, not supposed to actually as, kill the person. Even as a kid, I was always like, who put that there? <laughs> Like, who would leave a bat full of tacks under a mat? <laughs> under the ring. It's, an, it's a logical extension of the toolboxes they used to pull out. <laughs> like, I get, like, the folding chairs. <laughs> and maybe and possibly a ladder. Yeah, possibly. And even a folding table. Mm-hmm. Like, all of that mm-hmm. stuff you might find under there. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. It's just storage. Right. Now, uh, uh, a kendo stick, somebody put that there. <laughs> that was maliciously placed. Yeah, a chainsaw that doesn't right. have the blades on. <laughs> Oh, it was so 80s that they would find all that shit under mm-hmm. there. What was There was a hardcore match. I don't remember which one. But right. They said, like, JR, good old JR. Don't throw everything at him but the kitchen sink. <laughs> and sure as shit, the kitchen sink came out from under the wall and someone got hit with it. Oh, my God, there's a kitchen sink. Right? <laughs> my God, they hit him with everything and the kitchen sink. I hope he doesn't have hot water, gorilla. <laughs> would you stop? <laughs> uh, that's sorry. You hit me in you hit me in the sweet spot with Bobby Heenan, man. <laughs> Bobby Heenan was my jam. I loved it all. I mean, there was a time, yeah, where it was like this was the biggest thing in my life for oh, yeah. like a long time. And I will admit, like it's like soap operas where like you come and go, but every time you come back, you just it's like you picked it up. You yeah. can you can get everything that you missed. In one episode. Exactly. They'll, they'll bring you – that's kind of the – I like how they're doing that now. Though. Mm-hmm. They've got way too much programming on the WWE Network. There's so much a weekly – there's like six hours, maybe seven hours of programming a week. Right. Used to have a dream of running a wrestling podcast. It's like I hmm. could not keep up now. Hmm. I don't have a job, but I got to find one. And when I do, I'm not going to have <laughs> eight hours a week to watch WWE, mm-hmm. especially not when Game of Thrones comes on. Like, oh, hell Yeah. <laughs> Man, Game of Thrones is going to be pretty big. Pretty oh, big. That's, there you go. Bringing it back again. Oh, that's yeah. Misty's. When Misty returns, nice. she's got more of a warrior, a warrior Greek gimmick. And she has a little person like <laughs> as her like manservant. Her valet. Yeah. Oh, Hornswoggle. Oh, yeah. Come in and just like, you know. Be- or, uh, yeah, Ma- um, El Torito, Mascarita Sagrada. <laughs> yeah, he can play Dinklage. Yeah, exactly. And she's. <laughs> She's got this whole the Dragonborn Queen thing going on. That's yes. an obvious rip. Yes. And everyone knows the gimmick isn't long for the world. But, but it's you, like you Paul can't Bur- say it's Game of Thrones, but it's Game of Thrones. Right. <laughs> it's like when Paul Birchall's pirate gimmick wasn't Johnny Depp, but it was totally Johnny Depp. He comes swinging out from a rope yes. onto the stage. Yes. And he's got the whole violin score for his entrance. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so it's obviously a Game of Thrones thing that they saddled her with. And then 
You know, she never really picks up after that. Like, right. She's never, never really the same, but she's still like, for the old timers, like, oh, I remember when she was the greatest thing ever. Right. But she perpetually stays in the mid card. Yep. Like she yep. had her day in the sun and now yeah. it's over and uh, you have all the, you have all the smarks that talking is... about how, oh, she needs to get another title run. Mm-hmm. Remember how great her title run was. Yes. But she always and ends she, up being a bit player. She just never gets it. Nope. And then eventually on one of the Black Friday releases, uh, WWE terminates her contract or doesn't renew her contract. Yes. And, and then. She, she dies of syphilis or something. No, she takes. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. No, she takes like a. a, a I know that's horrible improv. No, right. No, but <laughs> yes, and. I, just, I just have an and tag to add. <laughs> she signs like a two-year contract with TNA Impact oh, Wrestling. Right, and then she dies of syphilis. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, make her do TNA first, yeah. then have her killed. Him. She's got she's got to have her her easy paycheck before mm-hmm, before she mm-hmm. before she has her tragic end. Awesome. Man, this is seriously, I'm not joking at at all. I would totally watch this character. <laughs> I would totally watch this character. I would love I would root for her. I'm looking forward to her TNA run. Yes. Where they yes. take her name and they just they just give her some kind of twisted WWE name. Mm. Like, oh my God, what is Foggy Brooks doing in the Impact Zone? <laughs> she used to be called Misty Streams. Now it's Foggy Brooks. Foggy Brooks, yeah. <laughs> I don't think any girl wants to ever be called Foggy. Foggy Brooks, I love it. I love it. I love it. That's one of the, I think I was talking to Tim Groeschel about that. Mm. Was uh, he goes, "What is it about fucking watching new comics or first time comics bomb that's so satisfying?" <laughs> and it's like because you see the light in their eyes at the end of it, yeah, and uh, you know it's not going to be there for much longer. You just hope you're there for the moment that it winks out, <laughs> just so you can see, like, do the Simpsons thing where you can pinpoint the moment their heart breaks. Yeah, I remember when I was you. Yes. <laughs> I remember when I thought I had a future and I was going to have a special in two years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, ah, mm-hmm. I, uh, I had a plan once. Yeah. I was going to get an agent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to do, I was going to drive to LA every single day and be on, be mm-hmm. an extra for a sandwich. Totally. <laughs> I was going to, I was going to pay for all that gas out of pocket and like it. Yep. Yep. And totally. Just take time off whenever I needed to for auditions. For my art. For the, for the dream, man. <laughs> <laughs> and then two years in, you're like, boy, was I wrong. You're two years in, you're like, <laughs> Oh, I'm kind of tired. <laughs> I don't know if I want to go to Blooms. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, Blooms doesn't exist. Oh well. Oh, that's so sad. <laughs> fuck, that got me down so much. Like, fuck. <laughs> One time, there was a time in my life when I wanted to do a special from Max Blooms. Wow. Yeah. What would be your like? What would be the opening song for your special? If oh, you fuck. if you were to have a special, what would you want to like walk out to? God, I'm such a, you know, I'm such like a pushover bitch when it comes to like making decisions for shit mm-hmm. that I feel like some producer would shove me into using like a very popular song. Right. And uh, Beaver's like, great, man. Be- oh, I was thinking more <laughs> along the lines of Thunderstruck by ACDC. Ah, oh, something commercial. But, yeah, something like really, right, that everyone gets in and like, oh, right, I like this song, I like this guy, like establishing like ability. I don't, hey, I'm not going to lie, Thunderstruck is all bad. I would, I'd go to Thunderstruck. I'm trying to think. Uh, Over Beaver, for sure. I mean, there's a you can do pretty much any ACDC song as a walkout mm, for a stand-up, mm. really. I talked to uh, Dakota Freeman. He he was going to go out to a, a 
ACDC song as well. See, I think if I had a choice and it was my my special and I can mm-hmm. do whatever, yeah, I feel like I would hit up someone like a nerdcore guy, like a mm. like Mega Ran. <laughs> flawless, zero losses till I came across this stunning young piece who resided at the bottom of the sea, and she told me your name was Flash Woman, beautiful but deadly. She was mad cunning, had a voice that could soothe the savage beast of a MC Chris or someone. Let's make this quick, cause I'm really booked. I'm a devious degenerate defender of the devil, shutting all the trash compactors on the D touching level. My backpacks got jets. Well, I'm Bola, all the fat. Well, I bounty hunt for Java Hut to finance my bet. Well, I chill in deep space. A mask is over my face. Well, I deliver the prize, but I still narrow my eyes, cause my time I don't like to waste. Get down. Nice. And I'd see, like, hey, y'all, uh, could I maybe pay you to do an intro for me? <laughs> And I would have a custom. I would have a yeah, custom something intro that from involved a, your name or whatever from a, from an artist that wasn't a household name, right? Just to give, just to like fucking pay forward the exposure. Yeah, it's like, like I'm gonna give you a solid because why not? Yeah, like look, I got this TV deal. You, your story, your art is inspiring to me. Mm-hmm. I would like to share your art with other people. Yeah, like, that it's sounds like, sweet. It's almost like picking an opener for your special. Actually, totally, totally. Do it. Think about it like that. Like I, I'm such a. At the core, I'm such, like, a fucking romantic and shit, and mm-hmm. I'm, like, really into romanticizing the bohemian shit of art. I'm and- the same way, where, like, it is, like, okay, especially when it stands up, when it comes to stand-up comedy, like, we're all in this separately. We're all coming up with our own ideas, we're all having our own thoughts and our act or whatever, but I've always wanted, like, a community, I've always, and I think I have one, like, I've created a lot of friendships and other relationships with comics, and it is, like, hey... Let's brainstorm. Let's try to work this out together instead yeah. of just being all on our own. Yeah, exactly. Like, and when comics give up, give me advice. I'm like nine times nine times out of ten, I'm like, thank you. Like this was <laughs> that made the joke better. It's never like, why the hell did you tell me that, bro? Right. Like, get the hell out of here. Right. It's and if you come back at them with like, hey, what the what the fuck are you talking about? Mm-hmm. You, they get it. You get it explained. Like you get a thought process behind yes. it. Everyone's willing to share. Have have you forgive my ignorance? Mm. Have you done roast battle? I have not. Oh man, that's that's honestly like one of my big fucking like loves right now is yeah. when people want to run roast jokes by me. Yeah, and I get to run roast jokes by other people. Yeah, instant feedback. Just like I thought of this fucking, I want to present it to my community, like the people I trust. Is this something worth putting out into the world? Right, and right. they'll give you an honest fucking answer too. Like they're not going to power wash your balls about it. They're going to be like, you're going to eat a dick with that line, <laughs> or be like, oh, that's so much better that like, fucking, right. like you come back with a reformulation. And they're like, okay, that's what you meant to say the first time. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. instant feedback. I love just reading other people's thoughts and fucking getting feedback on my own. And it's, and it's, it's never really, like out of malice. It's not like, no, it's oh, I'm telling you because you suck. It's like no, I'm trying to help you. Yes, exactly. It's iron sharpens iron, like they mm-hmm. say in the in the in the physical the physical arts, if you will. Right. They, it's uh, I follow a lot of I still have a lot of wrestling friends, mm-hmm. and a lot of them post training sessions and shit. It's, mm-hmm. it's iron sharpens iron, guys. I'm gonna be out here. I'm training some students, but if you want to get some work with me, fucking come on out and work with me and fucking help me with the students and get some ring time in. Cool. And it's I feel like that's kind of the open mics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The spirit of the open mic. Like, I've always had that happen to me. Not every di- single open mic, but there are those open mics where you will, you know, do your set, and then, yeah, you come off, and then two dudes were like, hey, man, nice set. And that'll be, like, enough. Or then there'll be the dude that's like, hey, man, try using this, or say this, or cut out that, or whatever. And it's it's like, I always feel like, oh, you accept me. Like, 
Because if you didn't accept me, you wouldn't have cared. Yeah, you wouldn't you have, have said shit. You would have just went, oh, yeah, that's another douchebag. Big whoop. Yeah, 10, The fact that you're, like, willing to give me advice, it's like, oh, you care about my craft just as much as I do. Thank you, man. Yeah, you want to improve me. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. want to make me better. Mm-hmm. Which is a different place because, like, I will admit, like, a lot of people could probably take that as, like, what do you know, bro? Fuck off. Like, you know, you could take that same bit of little, like, hey, man, I'm not trying to tell you you suck. I'm just trying to help. Yeah, exactly. It's That's what I feel like everyone's – everyone in, like, the, the Southern California scene, maybe not so much in L.A. I don't I haven't interacted mm-hmm. a lot with L.A. The mm-hmm. people I've spoken to in L.A. have been fucking – it's incredible. doggy. No, it's, it is. It is. There is a cutthroat aspect to it. But as long as you're working just as hard as everyone else. Right. They they respect you. At they, least. And they're yeah, not they, going to undermine they, you. They'll see that you're trying. Yeah. They're not going to try and cut your knees off. Mm-hmm. Like they're going to they are going to be like, hey, we're all in this. We're not we're in this separately. But, you know, we're all in this race together and there's no reason we all can't finish. So it's like, let's fucking let's run. Yeah. Maybe you'll be a little bit ahead of me before a while. Maybe I'll be ahead of you for a while. But totally. It's a long ass fucking race. So we might as well kind of like each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're going to see each other a lot. So I might as well make this as easy as possible. <laughs> exactly. It's it's oh, fuck. I forget who said it. I hate when I fucking do this. And I think, right. like, oh, this is such a good idea. Let me share it with you. Uh, I don't remember where I got it. Mm-hmm. The Internet. Yeah. That's I just don't want to take credit for it. You know, <laughs> right. Someone right. said that the open mic scene is like a planter box where like you scatter like tomato seeds or whatever. Mm-hmm. And everything is going to sprout. Mm. Most seeds out of there are going to sprout. Some are going to have bigger tomatoes than others. You know, some are going to be a little bit straighter. Some are going to be a little bit more twisty. Right. But everyone's going to have something to present at the end of the day. Totally. Everyone that takes that risk to fucking sprout and fucking put yourself out in the elements is going to bear some kind of fruit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you might as well fucking do it. Like you can talk about soil depletion and shit like that if you want to get really into that metaphor <laughs> and explain why you got to cut off other seeds. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but that's I kind of. I I never get the feeling that like L.A. or anywhere else is really running out of gigs. No, never, never. I mean, there's multiple gigs you can hit up every single night. Right. And I mean, I've been accused of being a hobby comic, which, you know, to an extent I am. Mm. I'm not grinding nearly as hard Mm. as some of as a lot of the other people out in the scene. I'll admit I'm the same way. I always feel like, oh, I only did three mics this week. What the fuck? Right. Like I could be working a lot harder. Mm -hmm. But then I always think to myself, like, but that's three more than, you know, how many other people did? That's exactly like, that's my therapist tried to get me to think that way. Right. Just like, okay, well, you only had it. You can only fight your demons and you made it to one mic this week. Mm-hmm. That's one more than the guy that stayed home all week. Right. It's like next week to decide on a second one and try to make it to that one. Yeah. It's like you, it's so hard to not compare yourself to others, yeah. but comparing yourself to others gets you better. Right. Exactly. It's, <laughs> it's. Again, it's the iron sharpens iron. Like, you Mm -hmm. can't be there to sharpen other people's iron if you're made of wood. Yeah. You know, so you come bringing a wooden sword to practice, you're going to get fucking cut up. Yep. Yep. It's it's all preparation. It's it's I try to write a lot to make up for it. It doesn't. Mm -hmm. It Mm -hmm. really fucking doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I can't tell you how much stuff I've written. And then as soon as I've, like, finished writing it, went, why did I write that? (laughs) Oh, my God. The first time... The first time I took a dab, mm. all right, I was uh, I went and I purchased from the dispensary and this. Do you want a free dab? I'm like, uh, sure. Yeah, I don't got to be anywhere for like three hours. Should be fine, right? Mm. Oh my lord, I uh, <laughs> I uh, I didn't. It wasn't fine. I ended up sitting sitting on their couch watching their big screen with them 
for like <laughs> for like half an hour afterwards. And then I finally just like I'm imposing on these people too much. I've got right. to go. I'm in this clinic a little too long. Yeah. <laughs> so I went I walked up the street to uh to Carl's Jr. and awesome. I'm like, okay, if I'm gonna be in this state of mind, I'm gonna write it. Mm. So I wrote six pages. Mm. I had to think because I wrote three front and back. Right, so right, right. I wrote six pages. Uh, the next day, I re- like I fucking came down. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, I'm okay now. I'm safe. I'm not out of control. Uh, I can drive home. I, yeah, I, I made it. So safe. Made it. Made it home. I read the shit the next day, and I'm like, I can't use any of this shit. <laughs> what the fuck was I thinking? This yep. is this is this is almost illiterate shit yeah. right here. I don't even know if I can read this. <laughs> well, it was it was all fine. Like as far, I could follow my train of thought. Like it's English. But I'm like, oh, what? Why? Mm. This is not as good as I, I like the. Uh, I think it was. Oh God, I don't remember who it was again. It said, uh, "Write, write drunk and edit sober." Ah, right. So you write drunk, edit sober. I'm going back trying to edit this shit. Going, I'm never writing drunk ever again. I I heard a uh, Carlin used to do that where he would get really high, and then he would do all of his like writing and creating while he was high, but then he would go back and then edit everything while he was sober and like do everything like all of his stage stuff would be sober. But then, but all of his creation would be when he was fucked up. That seems that seems very Carlin. That mm-hmm. makes perfect sense. That's that's almost a Hunter S. Thompson style. Totally. And that's you can talk about the renegade spirit in both of them, the Gonzo totally. spirit. Totally, totally, totally. You totally see that going on. My favorite Carlin legend was that. Oh God, I hope it was Carlin. Hmm. Uh, I think it was Carlin had post-it notes hmm. just. All over his fucking house. Right, right, just right. Just covering surfaces of, like, things he'd written just down. Just premises everywhere. Just, like, notes. Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. once, uh, Ari Shafir was on a podcast once. Yes. And I heard him write down almond nipples. <laughs> and he wrote it down in his notebook and, like, said that he was writing it down. <laughs> and he was like, I was just thinking how a lot of Asian women have kind of almond-shaped nipples. <laughs> and I don't know how that's a thing, but I'm just going to write it down. I'll, I'll look at it later and figure it out. <laughs> yes, yes. Fuck, I'm not writing things down like that. Nope, I need nope. to be. I... I always have to write, like, the whole thing down. I never just, like, have a bullet point. It's never, like – because I'll go back to that and go, like, almond nipples. What the <laughs> fuck was I talking about? Like, I'll have to, like, write the whole thing, like, Asian chicks, nipples, almonds, like, the whole thing. Like, yeah, like a few key words. Mm-hmm. That's how I do my set list for, for, like, an open mic when I'm like, okay, I want to work on this, this, and this. Yes, yes. I just do fucking a, key, a few key words that I can bounce from word to I would word. love to see, like, a book of poetry – or not poetry, just a book – of set lists yeah. of just this is Pete Holmes our set list and it just says like you know race car roller coaster my wife and it's just those bullet points like Jerry Seinfeld like you know soup Nazi blah 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 this cars this and you're like what do they call it like what is their bit like whittled down to into two words that would be so interesting. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, and I'm written excited. in their hand, you know, like just scan the, their little, uh, napkin or whatever that they put it on. Right. They're whatever. That's, mm-hmm. Oh, I want to see this book. Now you got me excited for a book that doesn't <laughs> exist. That's like one of those books, like famous letters throughout history. Yeah. They've got like letters from Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. And letters from like sit, former presidents and former foreign diplomats. Totally. And shit. Totally. I would, this would be great to be just like, I would take it. I want to take it even further. I want um I want famous comics to donate one page from one of their old notebooks. Mm. Oh yeah, like a whole page, just one entire page that they rip out of a notebook. It's like just one premise or one just whole one thing, days worth of thoughts, right. one brainstorm session. Just have them go through one yeah. like, old bit that they don't do anymore. Yeah, something or that's even like 
just, yeah, that they don't care about publishing. Yeah, or something that even, like, an iconic bit, like, you know, Gabriel Iglesias does comedy karaoke at his show? Yes, yes. With his old bits about Martine and shit? Yes. Find the page where you wrote out, like, one iteration of the Martine bit Mm -hmm. and donate that because it's such an iconic bit. Yeah, and maybe that's the thing. Maybe this is only cool for us because we're, like, struggling comics. We're nerding out. Yeah, like, because, yeah, who's to say, like, Somebody that's not in the business would be like, why the fuck would I want to read that? <laughs> that's, but me being – that's why I think I made this podcast to begin with because I wanted to show the journey. Like I wanted to like show like this is when I sucked. Like look at me five years down the road and see where I came from. Like, you know, like I'm pretty much trying to chronicle – like just show the journey. So I'm going to ask, have you ever like visualized what your special would be? Like can you visualize walking on stage? Totally. And like – what jokes you would tell and like you did this way early mm. in your writing and like you had a bit and you're like that's gonna be my closer and now you read yes. it and you're like holy fuck i was stupid yes yes oh I've, was- I've had those moments where i'm like oh yeah like you know you listen to like episode five or whatever and i'm talking about this is my closer and it's like dude you're six months in. None of this is getting the special. Yeah. None of it is going to be in it. You may use one thing out of this as a tag. A sentence will be in this. too far from here they have every sunday night it's women's of wrestling oh really yeah it's at this hotel that's off of uh second street and it i haven't been to it but i always see advertising for it and it and it seems like it's always crowded like the hotel like always is like packed like on sunday nights and it's like really women of wrestling Hmm. there's a huge market for it now like of course the way wwe spun the divas title into the women's title Mm -hmm. and is like hey we fucked up Right. Like, it always should have been the women's title. Uh, Here are some badass women wrestlers that we've been training up. Well, I think it's just like the UFC, where at first people were wanting to see the guys fight because it was like, okay, clearly this is better. But now it's like, no, there's some women that are just as good as the guys, if not better. So now we're going to create a – like, they're going to be more popular now than than the men. Right. It's – well, you come back to the stoner talk. (laughs) Right. uh you know, you think about all the uh, the martial arts styles mm-hmm. that were pioneered by women because they didn't have the muscle mass of men. Hmm. So they had to do more momentum-based, more joint manipulation, right, more right, things right. like that. And you wonder, like, what, what happened? Like, men started using those styles, but obviously they're more suited to women. So why is, where are these women doing this Brazilian jiu-jitsu? Yeah. Women have a completely different center of gravity against a man. Like, people would want to see – I feel like people would want to see that fight, but in a combat sport? Totally. No way. No. Not a chance. That's no. when that's when you start actually beating up on women. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, all of that said, having the women fight each other? Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't want to watch Ronda Rousey or any of those uh, female UFC fighters? Right. I mean, those cards are main events just like any other man. Yeah. And they're, and it's, they're doing the same thing – I feel like it's the WNBA argument, mm. but you know when you go, oh, but there's so much more technically sound. <laughs> but then you apply that to MMA, yeah, where it's like technically sound means deadly. <laughs> yes, it's different between like, oh, they do layups really well versus like, oh, this girl knows how to kick the shit out of you. Yeah, exactly. It's like, uh, if she were in like Big Nog's body, mm-hmm. uh, she would be breaking cars. Totally. 
He's like, and, thank God that she is a strong woman because if 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 she I feel like if she went like the Fallon Fox route mm-hmm, about mm-hmm. the whole like I'm a man but now I'm a woman to get that right. extra endocrine muscle mass right. and shit and you wanted to be one of those big old buffo chicks which is not natural if you train MMA you're not ever going to get that body right but you, and you don't want this, it either yeah. and if, but if you had the skeletal system and the muscle mass to support it with yes. that technique yes you would see people just you would see like the Bruce Lee two inch punch thing and people just being punched right through the back of the fucking cage mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so who wouldn't want to watch that technique I agree but. I think it's almost like society would like to see a girl beat up a dude really bad, but if that if there's a chance that the guy is going to kick the shit out of that girl, it's like, no, we're not going to do it. I feel like I want to see intergender competition like in if, things like wrestling and things like, you know, even things like golf and Of course. and even even I would even go as far to say baseball and basketball. Yes. I mean, I'm watching pitch on Fox right now. Right. Uh the first female pitcher for the Padres. Yeah, I watched a few universe. episodes too, yeah. I love that fucking mm-hmm. show. Because it's it's well okay the business side of baseball it does not get but whatever here's I'm the one fan. thing that I don't like about it is they put her on the Padres and first of all the Padres suck <laughs> second of all it's a national team so she's gonna have to hit right and if I'm thinking I buy the girl pitcher but she's not gonna be a girl pitcher that has to bat she's gonna be a girl pitcher that just pitches so she has to be on an American team. You know, I feel like if you're going to have a, a, a woman bat in the majors, mm-hmm. that you would compare their batting average to that of a pitcher who's not who aren't traditionally very good at batting. Well, yeah, every pitcher in the National League isn't like hitting dinkers or right. hitting like you know their their ERA or their batting average is maybe high hundreds. Yeah, <laughs> but I feel like she if if this woman were in this position, I feel like she could lay down a bunt or fucking cut yeah. a hot grounder. Just position. As much. She like, may not have the. The bulk, the mass, right? To loop one out, fucking four hundred and fifty feet, and in, in, actually in Colorado, maybe. But <laughs> she's a strategic player, right? You but know, see, she's she can a, still bat. She can still fucking get in there. She can still feel it from a pitcher's position. Or obviously, they can like you know sub her. You know when they're going to pull her anyway. Oh, exactly. Yeah, that's that's what you do. You pinch hit and then bring your next pitcher in for the next right for the next role. I, I actually kind of like that they put her in the National League because mm. I like the storyline where they did the. And the do they ever threw. show her hit? They did actually. There was one where she threw at somebody. Whoa! And yeah, and there was the whole oh, are they going to throw at her now when she bats? Right, of course. It was the the retaliation thing. So yeah, they show her batting sometimes. But I always loved that. Uh, you know, I'm a huge Mark Paul Gossler fan. Yes, and he's uh, the catcher. So. Oh, it took me three episodes to figure out it was him. <laughs> is that Zach? Yes, it is Zach. <laughs> I feel like now that I'm talking about this, like it's gonna get picked apart. Like right. I'm gonna be like, "Oh, you said this about women can't play, and you think they're weaker than men, and all this." Shit. And like, I've just said I like a show on Fox, yes. and here are where the reality holes are. <laughs> I love are. women. I like to have sex with them too. It's like secondarily, <laughs> she never had a spot in AAA, so that's not exactly realistic, right? Yeah, she just got brought from <laughs> not even the farm. She just went from high school to majors what the hell they talked about her coming up a little bit like mm-hmm. you know kind of working but she never got like a starting assignment in the triple a for the yes and i like how her dad is kind of like a ghost yeah and spoiler. like kind of, oh spoiler yeah i'm sorry what yeah but no she keeps flashing back to yes her dad is training her her dad is like keeping her on the right and narrow and yeah, but he's a figment of her imagination. Yeah, it's it's heavy handed. Yeah, it's like oh, see, the only reason she's successful is because her dad treated her like she was a boy. And right, it's like, that's fucking ridiculous. Right, like you can still let your little girl go out on fucking dates or fucking mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know watch Sophia the first, and she can be a badass pitcher. No shit. <laughs> 
Yeah. Like, it, I thought that part was just really, I'm like, okay, there's where people are going to fuck them. Right it, there. Mm-hmm, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, she was brought up like a boy, so now she acts like a boy. Right, right. Like, there was that one episode where she wore a dress to yes. the ESPYs, and I'm like, fucking A, finally. Like, she's not just one of the dudes. And of course, like, I would assume most women athletes go through this. Oh, yeah. You know, and, but it is weird how, like, certain female athletes are like, you know, the like Anna Kornikova's. They're always like, oh, yeah, she's just a hot chick that barely knows how to play tennis. Right. But then there's other chicks that are like, no, she's practically a dude, but she's kick-ass. <laughs> the thing about this, like, this is why I feel kind of dirty discussing this, mm. is because all of this narrative assumes that women are just women and not, like, it's like, oh, well, this woman is this, this woman is that. It's like, wait, like you can't you mean, be sexy and kick-ass. You mean, like, almost like women are people? <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> yeah. Women are people, and they're, they're, they're dynamic, and there's, right. like, different types with different opinions. This is bullshit. Mm-hmm. They're just female athletes, <laughs> These man. aren't the girls I know. Yeah. <laughs> well, girls are just girls. Yep, yep. Well, uh, I will admit uh, we might have not gotten into as much comedy, but I think we talked a little bit about comedy. Yeah, it's, we talked about the, the art, as it were. Totally. The craft. Oh, I like it as a craft better as an art. Mm-hmm. Craft implies that you're working on it, but it may not necessarily be art. It's just yeah, a craft. This is uh, art in the making. Yes, it's baby art. <laughs> but I will definitely have to have Dune on again to talk more about whatever we uh, come up with. Maybe come up with another wrestling character. That'd be funny shit. This but, was a good time. Yes. I love this. I like this show a lot. Thank you. Thank you. But uh, if you want to plug anything, this would be probably the time. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be at uh, the Doll Hut in Anaheim on April yeah. 12th for the Red Gorilla Show. Man, I want to check that out, too. I love Joshua Waldrop. Uh, the Doll Hut's always good times. Dude, Waldrop's a Dude, yeah. he's grind. He's hell yeah. Trying to, I like. I don't know if it's still in the works, but he was trying to get an underground spot in Santa Ana. Yes, like a I believe club. that's still in the in the making. Still in the mix. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say that's out. I admire the shit out of that guy. He's got he, he hustles. Scene and everything now. Yeah, that goes running. But yeah, I'm gonna be doing his show at the Doll Hut April cool. 12th. And uh, I'm also on, uh, I play Second Banana to two other creepy white guys on uh, Good Word with Woodward. Yes. That's a, a news show that we do where uh, we cover events with, uh, we started by saying we don't have any journalistic integrity and what sets us apart is that we're honest about our complete lack of integrity. Yes. But then we always get talking about politics and like, fuck, we, we're, 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 we, have, we have some form of integrity. <laughs> outside of creeping out female guests, but. I agree. It's definitely good times. I've been on it myself, but it's a, a very good show. I listen to it every week. Uh, it's it's my only news outlet. <laughs> that's that's frightening. I will admit, like I, I've definitely found, like you know, I've I've lost interest in all that rigmarole. So like, I feel like I'm still gonna have to connect in some way. So why not listen to these guys that love talking about it? Entertainment news. Exactly, exactly. And uh, if I'm going to be informed, I might as well be informed by people I like. Aw, <laughs> thanks. Yep. Thanks, D. No worries. <laughs> but to get uh, you back onto that show. Yeah, it's, it would be fun. Times. It would be definitely fun. I love all of you guys. 
that's it's fun. It's the whole podcast thing is fun. Your podcast is fun. That yeah, podcast is fun. That would be fun to to get all three of you on this show. Oh god, that would be a cluster. Yeah, that would be. We talk over each other all the time on this mm-hmm. show. <laughs> Getting all three of us in you. If I you, would have to point at one of you. Okay, you guys get to talk. No, you. I say if you can do that, you need to produce a you need to produce an actual live comedy show. Now that would be fun. Just because you can if you can manage that type. Totally. That that many totally. people like that, you need to actually put it on people. That sounds awesome. I would love to do that. Maybe I'll think about that for my uh, year spectacular. Yeah. Who knows? Fuck it. Get D Piazza's going on it. Oh, they used to. There's cool. an idea. <laughs> that sounds like an awesome idea, and it's in walking distance of me. Look <laughs> another D Piazza show that you will barely fill the room for. Yeah, but barely getting. What am I talking about? Barely fill the room. Barely fill a couple tables for. Yeah, <laughs> in the grand tradition of D Piazza's. Yep, living the dream. Definitely. <laughs> All right, so do you want to plug any uh, social media before we shove them out? Yeah, that's actually a good idea. I should probably do that. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Those, both of those are at Major Dune. Awesome. M-A-J-O-R-D-O-N-N. I was really into Chaotix, uh, the cartoon, for a little bit. Mm-hmm. That was Major Tom. Uh, I took Major Dune. Awesome. And if you guys ever want to follow me, of course, it's This Comics Live. <laughs> This Comics Life at Instagram and Facebook, or you can follow me on Twitter at the D Stories, or write me an, e- an archaic email at thiscomicslifepod at gmail.com, or just rate and subscribe wherever you get podcasts, and obviously tell a million friends. So, uh, until next week, we will uh, shove on out of here, and I want to thank Dune as well. Definitely come on again and also guys check out next week we're gonna have and i'm gonna have uh ryan schooley on fine next week yes be a good one yes so tune in next week as well as just just be yourself and uh do what you're doing love (laughs) (laughs) all right guys peace out and take it easy